right, live from Studio 6B, we are watching live the Senate vote on the confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. Let's go right to it. No. Mr. Reed, Mr. Reed, no. So just see the audience is aware they've already voted. And at this point, we're getting the tallies of who voted yes, who voted no. Don't worry, you know that going in. You'd be more prepared. So pretty much, I believe everybody but Susan Collins. I missed the C's, but I believe Susan Collins was the only one that was even up for debate on whether she was going to vote no. So I believe we have 5248 here. Romney, I heard he was a yes. Murkowski was a yes. Those were some of the ones who were uh, up for debate. Not Romney as much, but Murkowski until about this morning, I think. So we'll get a, a final tally here. They'll make the announcement uh, here hopefully soon. Our own Ben Berkwam is outside the Supreme Court, I Ms. believe. Ms. Stabenow. Ms. Stabenow, no. Shocker there. Do you know if there were any uh, that are doing the, the Zoom call-in thing? Or were the, was everybody present? No, no, none of them, a lot of them voted by proxy. None of the Democrats okay. decided to partake. Schumer um, spoke on the floor, a bunch of nonsense for about 25 minutes, and then they all left. So they all, the ones who did vote, a couple of them stumbled back in, Blumenthal. I saw Bernie Sanders wandering around there like Joe Biden. So basically it was all the, uh, the people you wouldn't want at your party decided to go home? Awesome. Or they went back to their offices or whatever. Mr. Bennett. Mr. Bennett. No. Yeah, great. Go back to Colorado. <laughs> so I guess they're waiting for maybe a couple who weren't there for the roll call. I guess they've a uh, certain amount of time to show up and put their vote in, so... But she certainly has gotten the votes here. She she is going to be officially here confirmed. Uh, we'll stick with it until it's confirmed. And we'll uh, Ben our own Ben Burkwam is outside. We'll go to him here in a second as well. Get some reaction, which I'm sure is just well. You know, it's listening to Chuck Schumer on the floor. If you can get through his drama, Chuck seems to forget Mr. that Jones, uh, Mr. Jones, no that most uh, of the American public, including Democrats, I believe it's over 50% at this point, believe that she should have been confirmed. As obviously she was one of the more impressive people that we, any of us have ever seen. No notes, sat there for three days, took good questions and great, uh, had great conversations with the Republicans and, and took uh, just 
asinine questions from the uh, Maisie Hironos of the world and still looked dignified and brilliant. Smackdown Cloverture, that was great. One of my favorite moments of the whole thing was super precedent. Well, what are you talking about? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Well, I was thinking I'd be sitting there one time and you, I asked you, nah, nah, you nah, tell nah. me. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but certainly, so I'm l- listening to Chuck Schumer in his 20-minute droning on on the floor of the Senate with all the drama of everyone's lives is pretty much over. This is the darkest day in the history of the Senate and all this nonsense. Um, even uh, even on the issues, which we've talked about here over and over again. Roe Wade and severability never mentions that. Any of these things. I'll tell you who is most affected by this tonight. And that would be the Chief Justice, John Roberts, who becomes somewhat irrelevant now, which... In my opinion, and of course, what do I know? Nothing. But my opinion is this this will end up bringing John Roberts back to the right because he's, for the most part, such a phony that uh, he knows now that he's pretty much irrelevant as far as the votes go, you would think. But you never know. That's the thing about these things. These people, they once they get on the court... You just never know what's going to happen. They can be, they can either be Thomas and Scalia, or they could be Roberts. And to some degree, even Gorsuch has been. A couple things have been questionable. Not the staunch conservative that everyone thought, maybe. And then you have Ed Markey today, this crackpot from uh, Massachusetts. Mr. Mr. Udall, no. Let me save you the time. He's a no. <laughs> no. All the ones missing have been no's. That's yeah, because they're all back in their office crying. It will come to order. Okay, here we Are go. Are there any senators in the chamber who wish to vote or change their vote? If not, on this vote, the yeas are 52, the nays are 48, the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett of Indiana to be an associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States is confirmed. All right. That's history. There you have it. History right there. Nomination of Amy Coney Barrett, the president's third Supreme Court nomination is officially confirmed. Let's go out to, uh, let's bring in our own Ben Burkwam. He's outside the Supreme Court, I believe, on the steps there. I hope he's got some goofy Um, liberals for us. There he is. I don't know if Ben knows he's on. Ben, can you hear us? Attention, Ben. I can't hear Ben. Ben, are you there? There he is. Ben Burkwam, can you hear us? They're coming to us now, Bob. Yes, Ben. They're coming to us now. Hang tight. No, we're we're with you, Ben. Can you hear us? (laughs) Hello, Ben. You know, the guy's such a handsome All right, let's get back to Ben. Let's try to work that out. Let's take that down. All right, well, yeah, take the sound down, friend. We'll get back to Ben. Oh, Jesus. I'm still hearing you. Oh, the audio is worth it. I'm still yeah, the, Come the on, let's listen to the liberals cry. Yeah. Somebody uh, got wind that it was confirmed. Oh, Jesus. Call his name. Yeah, so. Funny. Well, there you go. So you saw it with us live, history here. I'm still hearing something. I don't know what I'm hearing, but there we go. Um, History Live, Amy Coney Barrett, is uh, officially uh, confirmed. 
52 to 48, pretty much what was expected. I believe, uh, like I said, uh, Susan Collins of Maine. I don't know who she's running. She must be running. Uh, she can't lose by enough. <laughs> Not She couldn't lose by enough votes for me. Susan Collins, <laughs> please get out. Enough. Her, Murkowski, and all of these. Ugh. God. Uh, we're going to try Ben Berkwam one more time. Ben Burke comes out to the Supreme Court. Can you hear me, Ben? I got you, brother. All right. Well, we just watched it live here, 5248. It's official. Happy birthday, Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed. Yes. <laughs> That's the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, absolutely oh, right. So what's Number the um, what's the mood out there? You know what? It is it is celebration. Uh, we heard there was going to be a big protest against Amy Coney Barrett and against President Trump at five o'clock today. We came out and it is probably two to three to one in support of Amy Coney Barrett. I don't know if we can turn the camera over here real quick. We've got these young ladies over here. They are chanting. We are the pro-life generation. It is mostly young women that are out here in support of Amy Coney Barrett. Uh, but people from all over the country have converged on the scene, and it's uh, it's a celebration. We do have some of the uh, communist handmaidens out here as well, but they, they seem to have they seem to have disappeared. I don't know exactly where they went, but they were here. Yeah. They went home crying is where yeah. they went. <laughs> Liber- I think some liberal tears are flowing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I listened to Chuck Schumer leading up to the vote, and what's funny about Chuck is he talks about this is the darkest day in the history of the Senate, and um, I kind of chuckled because, you know, we're hearing leading up to selection that the president's got to be willing to accept whatever happens. Will you accept the outcome? Right. And here we have right. an outcome constitutionally approved here, and if, if that's a way to say it, and they don't want to accept the outcome. So what's going What's the deal? Uh, well, they're Democrats. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, I'm looking, it's for a much, lo- looking for a longer answer, Ben. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's what they are. They're hypocrites. It's the yeah. double standard. It, it's you're a racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe. Well, really, I am. I'm just projecting onto you. It's what the Democratic Party has become. It's what we know them to be. So when they say it's a dark day, really, you should take that as, the light, the sun is shining, the light is shining, the cockroaches are running. They're just afraid of being exposed for who they are. So the darkness to Chuck Schumer is light to America. That's the, you know, that's the reality of the situation. I mean, think about this, that the Democrats would say it's a dark day in America when you have the opportunity to stop the genocide of millions of Americans. We lose more babies abortion than we lose to any other death in america over 60 million children have been aborted and the black community is the hardest hit they only they make up 11 percent of our population but yet they make up 40 percent of the abortions in america and so all of this and they talk about darkness there's really the darkness is are in the policies that they support that's the longer answer, but the short answer is they're Democrats. That was, I'm glad no, you're, you're absolutely glad you right. Them, and dude, you know, the dude. thing we focused on a little bit here is the Excellent. kind of the, um, the, the kind of show, the smokescreen they talk about when they even talk about Roe versus Wade, because we all know, even if Roe versus Wade was to get overturned, and most people acknowledge that it's a horrendous opinion, it really just goes back to the states at that point. It's not, it, it's That's not, right. 
so the, the the smoke screen they talk about when they talk about all these things, Roe versus Wade, uh, pre-existing conditions, all of these things are just it's just the drama behind them and the in the nonsensical uh, explanations of what real world life, what it would look like is uh, something else. Yeah, that's exactly right. Because if they didn't have hysteria, they couldn't control the, their voters. And that's really, I mean, whether it's the BLM movement, you know, uh, saying that police are, are killing innocent young black men in mass, all of these things. Now Roe versus Wade, that it's going to put women's lives in danger. I mean, you look, listen to all of their arguments. It's, it's nothing but fear mongering. But because if they were to tell you the truth, they would lose. And that, you know, if you look at liberalism versus conservatism, yeah. communism, socialism versus free markets and capitalism, there, there is no comparison in the arena of ideas. It's when you control the narrative and you can, you know, say things that don't exist and make up uh, narratives and make up definitions for words that, that aren't accurate, well, then you can control what people think. And that's actually why Amer- Real America's Voice exists, because the media, the media malpractice we've seen pushing this kind of garbage for so many years i think america just got fed up with it and and you know thank god for real america's voice bringing people the truth all right ben burkwam stick with us here for a second let's hit the commercial break on the network g we'll stay with uh we'll bring ben right back here i got a couple of more questions for him live from studio 6b on a monday night real america's voice glad you're in more with ben burkwam here on social media in uh 10 seconds We're just normal people talking about the issues, the way the American people talk about them around their dinner table. I think that's why people like the show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We give them news, opinion, sports, comedy, entertainment, music. But most of all, we try to give them love of country, faith, and family every night. We think political news is a big tent. Come on in, live from Studio 6B, 8 to 10 weeknights. You might like it. Live from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour. Let me officially welcome in the audience here on a Monday night, a busy Monday night. They were supposed to take the vote at 726, but by the time Chuck Schumer got done droning on and whining and crying about this being the darkest day and all this other nonsense, uh, Mitch McConnell didn't start till about 730, yeah, about 730, and obviously he went right almost till about 8 o'clock, and then they started, they took the vote, which... We actually recorded the vote uh, just to have it, but at this point, I'm not even sure it matters. She's confirmed 5248, and I believe Clarence Thomas now is going to swear her in. I'm not exactly sure on the timing because we've been live here. We had Ben Berkwam, who's out there, the great Ben Berkwam. Ben's pretty funny too, by the way. When you can, when you can make him be funny, he's pretty funny. <laughs> he's just a regular <laughs> <He's> guy. <laughs> he is great. Um, so, anyways, welcome in live from Studio Six B. What a week this is gonna be uh, tomorrow. How about this? Eric Greitens, our own Eric Greitens from Real America's Voice, his show Actionable Intelligence every night six to seven. Former Navy SEAL, former governor, so he's an executive, and he knows. Uh, what it's like to be an executive, unlike Chuck Schumer, who's never been, uh, well, nothing, but living off your, uh, living off you and your paycheck along with Joe Biden. Uh, he'll be on the show. And then Michael Knowles, my friend Michael Knowles, our friend of the show, my very first guest on Live from Studio 6B was the great Michael Knowles when his book came out, um, Reason to Vote for Democrats, which, of course, was 100 blank pages and a bestseller. 
Uh, Michael Knowles <laughs> from the Daily Wire over there, Ben Shapiro's place. He'll be on tomorrow night. So a great Tuesday. How about Rudy Giuliani on Thursday? Hello. Oh, he's coming back. And Diamond and Silk on Friday. Nice. Oh, my God. Come on. How, what kind of a week is this? You can't get any better than that. So We're acting all grown up around here. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to load it up with the guests here. You might think there's an election coming up or something. <laughs> yeah. And as we, we creep closer to Tuesday. And, uh, well, Ben put it. I mean, that's what, that's what makes me nervous. I listened to the president today. did three rallies. The strongest third one, man I think, in the world. I mean, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and the first one I watched this morning, it was pretty early. And he was going through the polls that they're seeing internally. And when I listened to him, I think, yeah, good. And you get excited. And then it's just, he, Ben said what concerns me. When I watched that video of voters that ju- our own Just the News sent Nick Ballacy out to do, and the lady says, well, I, w- I was looking for that uh, sign that said anybody but Trump. I mean, I, I just don't know how you can go into this election with everything on the table, with, with, with Biden's 110-page unity manifesto plan. If you've read that and you're a serious person and, you, and, you, and you're serious about the, lo- the world your kids are going to grow up in, their grandkids are going to grow up in, I don't know how you can have that cavalier and attitude about this election and it well just anybody but trump what what do you mean anybody but trump (laughs) you want to pay higher taxes you want more government you want the government to just get bigger you want to lose the ability to have single family housing you want energy independence to get thrown down the toilet from a guy who can't even find the toilet and and the and the most liberal senator whose appearance on 60 Minutes should make everybody run to the polls and vote for Trump. She is scary how unqualified and unready she is to be anything. Well, that just sounds like Russian disinformation now, Damon. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia, Russia. No, I'm serious. I watched her and him, and I thought what's-her-name who interviewed her did a um, Nora O'Donnell, I thought did a pretty decent job. But no, I mean, she is... Oh, my God, the answer she gave to this question, which I'm going to play here for you. Do you watch this woman and think she could be the president? You know, there's a there's a poll that 51 percent of Democrats and 58 percent of Republicans don't 51 percent of Democrats don't think Joe Biden will make it through a first term if he's God (laughs) forbids elected. Well, what does that tell you? How can your strategy be by just anybody but Trump? Look at what's going on in California. You want that for your neighborhood? It's shocking to me. Shocking to me. This is, this is such a farce at this point with this guy. I got, every clip I have today could be a crazy town with this guy over the weekend and everything he said, babbling on like I'm an sending, old fool. You know, I was sending Damon clips all you know, the last couple of days, and I'm, at one point today I reached out to him, am I sending you too many of these Biden clips? <laughs> I mean, I mean it, crazy town never ends. It just doesn't end. I mean, and, and I, I almost... I almost don't even want to play them as crazy towns because they're not. I mean, yes, they're, they're not, honestly, they're not. Funny they're good anymore. material for us, but they're not funny. It's not funny no, that it's, this I'm guy's being you. taken this seriously. He literally is spending twelve hours a day sleeping. He every day is a twelve-hour day. Yeah, napping. Yeah, rehearsing the next time you have to speak. I mean, this is just a farce. And if he didn't have the media, this would be. This is a joke. That we're even having to fight for the country like this with it's this ama- guy. It's amazing, though, isn't it? 
And everybody thought, well, you know, that'll never happen here. Guess what? It's happened here. The media has become propaganda. That's all they're doing. They're not reporting. Uh, you saw it over the weekend. If you saw those interviews, those are fluff interviews. Nothing. You know, no I, real questions about anything. I watched a bunch of uh, Chinese defectors who were talking, and they had said um, on an interview that, that the, the, the amount of propaganda here in the States is even worse. It's worse here than it is over there in China. At least China, there's an underground campaign of people all communicating with each other and, and still sharing the truth. They, he said that, that finding the truth here is bordering on impossible. Uh, there was three guys, all, uh, you know, all defectors of uh, the Chinese Communist Party. And it's scary what's going on. That's People truly China's do have invested. TDS, and it's, it's a legitimate thing. Yeah, well, China's invested in the media. And as we found out, they've invested in Joe Biden a lot of money and a bunch of other, uh, you know, high-ranking and very uh, powerful politicians. So they're buying their way in. Cut six, G. Jack Posobiec was on with uh, Raheem, Steve Bannon, Jack Maxey in the morning, 10 to 12, every day here on Real America's Voice, which should be appointment television every day because – you're going to learn more about what's going on from them than you are from any mainstream media outlet as they continue. Raheem continues to break stories, break this Hunter Biden story, continues to drop pieces of it, tell you about it more than you're getting anywhere else. And Jack Posobiec was on, and I want you to listen to this because this, again, I just don't see how anyone can be so cavalier about this. Roll that. The amount of compromise that the Joe Biden family, is, it's bigger than anything I've ever seen in politics. And look, I've talked to Democrats about this uh, over the past week. And you know what they're telling me, Steve? They're saying, Madam President, they think that they have everything they need to get Joe Biden out of office if he should win and then have Kamala step up to be the president. That's what they want. That's their game plan here. Does anybody doubt that? If you, no. when, you, when you look at Joe Biden, does anybody doubt that? How can you doubt that? You cannot doubt that. Well, we've heard it from if him. If you're being serious. Well, we've heard it from Biden. We've heard it from her. And we've heard it from her husband. These are not just slips. And think about it. She didn't even make it to Iowa. Nobody wanted her. Yeah. But she's being installed. That clip of her, the show, anyway. her reaction. Oh. I mean, it's, it's stunning. It's, it's really, truly stunning. But we still have a week to go. A week's a long time. And uh, I believe this thing is neck and neck if you want to know the truth right now. I think it's probably neck and neck. I think Rasmussen's numbers are probably closer than anyone else's. Rasmussen said that uh, Trump had a 45% approval rating amongst uh, black constituents. Did you see that? Uh, it's down to 43 this morning from 45 on Friday. But that's still a huge number. Now, that doesn't mean that's what he's going to get of the vote, but that's an approval of what, of what he's doing. But, um, I mean, you got to take this seriously because that guy is, he is lost. All right, live from Studio 6B on a Monday. Glad you're in. We'll do some news. I've got five crazy towns today. I don't know if we'll get to all of them. Five. That sounds like fun, George. And a I bunch mean, of other Damon. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like the whole nine o'clock hour. The American people, when they turn on the news, they want just the news. 
Spare me the talking points. I think people are sick of the freak parade on cable TV, night in and night out. People are consuming news these days everywhere, on every device. And we're going to be there. We're going to be fair. We're going to be fearless. We feel like we have a responsibility to you, the American people. News and opinions that are honest and real. Real America's Voice. All right, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. Paul Nolan's going to do some news here in just a second. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Emirati's going to have sports. Haven't even said hello to Rick yet. We've been so busy. What's coming up in sports tonight, pal? Hey, Big D, well, we got some financial news on the NBA. Not looking so good. Yeah. And, uh, we get get <laughs> woke. <laughs> go, go broke. <laughs> yep. Get woke, you a joke. Yeah. NBA, no billionaires anymore. Yeah. <laughs> if, the, if the NBA had Jeff Zucker running it, they'd be, they'd be absolutely bankrupt. <laughs> which is where CNN's heading, by the way, which might why he might be heading out. So, all right, Rick will have sports in a second. Hey, it's, um, gee, Crazy Town, first one. It's Hillary Clinton's birthday today. Oh, So yay. I thought I'd put together a nice message for her, especially the way this ends, uh, for her birthday. Roll it, G. I did not email any um, classified material to anyone. There is no classified material. 110 emails in 52 email chains have been determined by the owning agency to contain classified information at the time they were sent or received. I provided all my emails that could possibly be work-related. Several thousand work-related emails that were not (laughs) among the group of 30,000 emails returned by Secretary Clinton. I thought using one device would be simpler. She also used numerous mobile devices to send and to read email. were no security breaches. It is possible <laughs> that hostile actors gained access to Secretary Clinton's personal email account. It Ooh. was my practice to communicate with State Department and other government officials on their .gov accounts. That hostile actors gained access to the private commercial email accounts of people with whom Secretary Clinton was in regular contact from her personal account. Um, no doubt that we've done exactly what we should have done. They were extremely careless in their handling of very sensitive, highly classified information. People will be able to judge for themselves. We cannot find a case that would support bringing criminal charges on these facts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. To be clear, this is not to suggest that in similar circumstances, a person who engaged in this activity would face no consequences. Americans will find that, uh, you know, interesting, and I look forward to having a discussion uh, about that. If only that last part was true. Yeah, that's oh, where she should be with an God. orange jumpsuit. But, uh, well, happy birthday to Hillary Clinton. And uh, we hope you watched uh, Amy Coney Barrett's vote. And we hope you watch her swearing in. What was with that outfit she was wearing? It looked like she shot a lazy boy chair in the <laughs> yes. 70s. What was with that thing? Oh, uh, not right now, G. You can just turn. You can tell him no thanks. Oh, no. We don't want to <laughs> take that. All right. Um, let's do some news here. With uh, Paul Nolan, what's going on, Mr. Nolan? Well, some uh, fireworks over the weekend over at CNN. The commentator Van Jones applauded President Donald Trump for the work he has done for the black community. Liberals immediately turned on Jones, lashing out at the progressive pundit for giving Trump even the slightest acknowledgement that the president has attempted to help 
black Americans. And by the way, that's what it was. It was the slightest of passing comments within hammering them. You know, he appeared on, uh, you know, uh, on Jake Tapper's show and the panel was discussing the final presidential debate, uh, specifically Trump's comments that he's done more for the black community than any other president. And he immediately got completely annihilated and lambasted and even like the Twitter users went haywire with quotes like every time I think Van Jones has turned the corner he disappoints or stop listening to Van Jones Van Jones is a sellout um, Van Jones is a Trumper at the end of the day that's who he is so you know so besides him it was also 50 cent or else you know also said that uh, he's showing support for Trump and the rapper's ex-girlfriend Chelsea Handler blasted 50 cent uh, for saying he would vote for Trump right and he, she even said that uh she would pay his taxes, amongst other favors, if he would stop endorsing Trump. So, I, th- uh, I think what she said is she had to remind him that he was black. Yeah, Chelsea Handler, uh, someone who's been around more than a drum and a clothes dryer. We need to listen to her. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, she. I mean, she doesn't even. Under- I mean, just imagine if anyone else said something like that. I had to remind him that he was black, that he can't vote for Trump. So really. <laughs> And Van Jones, by the way, wasn't like he came out and said, hey, yeah, rah, rah. Trump. All he said was the president sometimes doesn't get the credit for the things he has done to reach out to the African-American community. It wasn't some kind of full-throated endorsement of him. So, I mean, it was barely a, uh, a passing comment. But, of course, if you're over on the TDS side of town, well, that's enough to send you into a screaming rage. So, all right, what else, Paul? Well, uh, Biden says uh, he will collaborate with China. You know, when he's elected, he was speaking to a Chinese newspaper a few days ago, and he said, as uh, our approach uh, to China will focus on boosting American competitive, revitalizing our strengths at home, and renewing our alliances uh, with leadership abroad, uh, we'll work to collaborate with China when it's in our interest, and I'm going to rejoin the Paris Accord and make China abide by what they agreed to. Uh, the Biden campaign didn't respond to any requests uh, from the Epic Times, and uh you know, he uh, essentially, uh, you know, just kind of pandered to them. Really, it's, it's uh, you know, he just climbed his power to accord. The, the accord, he says he's he's going to force China, but we know he won't. So it's just a boring story. I was going to, I don't know, I was going to elaborate on it. Sorry, D, I don't well, got You much. sound depressed about this story, I, I Paul. just, I just, the way he's talking, I keep thinking they're going to well, rig the election. I'm sorry, guys. I just... Well, Joe was asked on 60 Minutes about who our number one threat is. And of course, shockingly, maybe to some of you, he said Russia. Yeah. He did not say, he, he tried to play uh, this, well, Russia might be the biggest threat, but China might be the biggest competitor, but we'll have to see where we're going to fall if we're going to be, uh, I, I mean, just some, some nonsense. I mean, I don't even know what that answer was, along with many others on this 60-minute interview, mostly from Kamala Harris, who's just scary. I mean, absolutely scary, but we'll get to that in a second. All right, what else is going on in the news? Uh, well, Expensify, um, it's a company with millions of clients, uh, sent out emails to support Joe Biden in November. And the, on Thursday, the note from the uh, software company's founder, David Barrett, drew praise and, and criticism from, user, from users, but uh, some of them questioning whether the company violated their trust uh, by pushing political endorsements into their inboxes, and they are feeling a little bit of a backlash there. Barrett acknowledged that the email, which went to 10 million people at 100,000 businesses uh, using uh, the Expensify software, according to Bloomberg News, would rump some people the wrong way, and it is exactly what happened. So there is a bit of a backlash, which is good to see. 
So I don't know if you guys know what Expensify is, but they are an enormous software uh, company. So they use their software, basically, is what you're saying, to send out a vote for Joe? Yeah, and, communication. It, and it was, uh, no one's ever seen anything like it. 10 million people. And that's, that's, uh, that's about how much money Joe was going to get if just by uh, doing a deal with China. It was a $10 million deal. So it was a dollar for every email, I suppose. So I think it was $10 million just for introductions intro, is what yeah, they were looking yeah. for. Yeah. So, well, let's, let's go back and look at Joe's weekend. A couple things here. Those $10 million people will be voting for if they decide to take that advice. Let's just go right down the line here, G. Well, let's start with this one. Crazy Town number two. And, um, Joe, well, let's just play it first, and then we'll talk about it. Go, roll that. What kind of country we're going to be? Four more years of George, uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where, if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. Yep, we can't have four more years of George. No, no, I don't. George Clooney. George Kirby, as I said. <laughs> George Washington. George Washington. Maybe George now, Sakai. George Sakai, maybe. Yes, I think you also said uh, my favorite would be George. George of the Jungle. How <laughs> about Curious George? They claimed it was he was thinking of George Lopez. Oh, George Lopez. Oh, okay. That's what yeah, they okay. claim. That's what the campaign. George Lopez. I'm voting for George Kirby because he wrote that song that yeah. Joe loves. You're the best. That's, oh, I love that song, man. Yeah, when you're that the starts best. grooving, whoo, gets you yeah. in the mood. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't care if it was George of the Jungle or George Lopez or George Kirby or George Washington. What? What? This is th- th- this guy supposed to be taken seriously? Now, if you watch that closely, watch his wife. Watch her lips. She tries to say Trump twice as absolutely under her breath as she can, and it doesn't work. Play that one more time, G. Now watch her. What kind of country we're going to be? Mm-hmm. Four more years of George. Uh, George, uh, he uh, is going to find ourselves in a position where, if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. I'll tell you what. The next time, focus on the uh, the, the person doing the hand signs. <laughs> she got like she was like. I wonder if she actually signed George, or if she signed you know Trump, and then thought what. But I mean, this again. Let, let's just continue on here. Um, let's go cut four. Here was uh, him. No, actually, let's not go cut. Well, the other one's a crazy town too, so we can't. Let's go cut four. G. Here is um, here's what he thinks of you guys out there because every rally J- uh, Joe has, there's about six, seven people there, and there's usually thousands of Trump supporters somewhere in the area. Well, here's what he thinks of you. Roll that. I'll work as hard for those who don't support me as those who do, including those chumps with the microphone out there. <coughs> Look. Jeff as he coughs into his hand with no mask on, this guy. He's Jeff Dunham's puppet. Chumps out there with the microphone. He told that, um, so your chumps out there with the microphone, uh, 30, 15% of you are not very good people, if I recall, he said at one point. Uh, you remember Hillary's deplorables. You remember, um, so, I mean, again, you know what they think of you. You know what he thinks of you. So that's why his line, every, every line 
of this lunch bucket Joe and is it uh, average Joe, middle class Joe, and he's such a nice guy. It's such nonsense on every level. He's an old, evil, uh, nasty old man. He's never been nice. Ask Clarence Thomas, by the way, who's going to swear in the next Supreme Court justice, how nice Joe Biden is. I played for that clip. Besides the fact that he knows he's an idiot, he also knows he's a nasty old guy. Besides being stupid. Just like Rudy said, he's the dumbest guys I've ever known. There's the hair plugs, I think, that really sent them on the wrong direction. <laughs> but uh, they used to call him plugs, Joe Biden. So he's a nasty old man, and he's not nice, and he's not lunch bucket. He's been living off of you paying his salary and his, and his train rides and everything else for as long as he's been doing it. Ask Bob Bork how nice he is. Ask some of the people he confronts on the campaign trail how nice he is. And I'll tell you what I've noticed recently. I don't know if it's because they do this stupid idea of he's got to yell at the car. He's, he's screaming everything he goes. He screams. He was screaming so much this weekend. And I think I tweeted out a picture of him saying, whatever the home that's looking for the guy in room seven that's missing, he's down screaming at the cars in Dallas, Pennsylvania. Because <laughs> that's what he was doing. Wondering why the cars aren't answering, answering him back. Nah, he's... he's He's just a nasty old fool ready for the dog track. That's what he is. All right, live from Studio 6B. Let's do some sports. I got a bunch of great stuff to get to in hour two. Plus, we'll uh, take live the swearing in of Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court. So you don't want to miss that. We're back right after this. We're just normal people talking about the issues, the way the American people talk about them around their dinner table. I think that's why people like the show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We give them news, opinion, sports, comedy, entertainment, music. But most of all, we try to give them love of country, faith, and family every night. We think political news is a big tent. Come on in, live from Studio 6B, 8 to 10 weeknights. You might like it. Hi, live from Studio 6B, 13 till the hour. We believe Amy Coney Barrett's going to get sworn in at about the top of the hour, so we're going to monitor it, and whenever it uh, starts, we'll bring it to you live right here on Real America's Voice. Okay, there you go. President Trump participates in the swearing in, and uh, Justice Clarence Thomas is going to swear her in, which is great. I wonder if the president's going to start dancing a little. I would doubt that. I would think (laughs) he's going to be pretty serious about uh, this, and... uh, was kidding. Yeah. People say people say we're going to have a six-three. Uh, Thanks, Paul. Six-three majority here. I, I don't. You know, has anybody watched Roberts over the last couple of years? Although it'll be interesting to see if this brings him. See, see, whatever. I, I think it just, it just pushes him further to the left because now it's like, well, it doesn't matter what I do because I'm going to get overruled anyway. Which you is why I mean? he'll come back and try to be in the winning side. That's my, that's my theory. I disagree. You think he's? Uh, you think it's he's crazy a that we have to talk about it this way? He's supposed to just look at the text and decide what the law is supposed it's to. Truly, I mean. that's really the astonishing part of the conversation that we're even discussing. Like, I, I don't understand how any liberal out there could be upset. We have someone who love, 
loves and upholds the Constitution. What's the problem? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what the problem Well, we got to get to sports, but I'll tell you what the problem is. The problem is that document limits their power, and they don't want any limits on their power. That's the problem. That is exactly the problem. But it doesn't I, limit their power. It limits the government's power. Well, if you if you don't want to run for Congress, though, and you figure I could just legislate from the bench, then it it's a problem. And that's what we have too much of. But, um, all right, let's do some sports. Then we'll get back to Amy Coney Barrett. Here's uh, what sports is Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Hey, Big D. Well, another busy sports weekend. However, the one story that stood out the most to me was the NBA 2019-20 to season. It was reported by multiple media outlets that they lost $1.5 billion for mm. the season. When the smoke cleared, the numbers showed a whopping $1.5 billion in lost revenue. Uh, the cancellation of 117 regular season games, the broadcasting circus in China, and the $200 million bubble... Uh, environment in Disney World, all are attributing factors. Uh, mm-hmm. According to NBC Sports, these are just losses by the league itself. It does not count the losses shouldered by the 30 franchise teams. Team owners are also renegotiating an updated collective bargaining agreement with the Players Union. It hopes to reduce players' salaries by 25 to 30 percent off their guaranteed contracts and bonuses. Uh-huh. Oh, darn. This is this is big. <laughs> um, the NBA hopes that the reduced expenses will prevent teams from going bankrupt and to prevent the breakdown of the uh, system itself. So this is big news coming out. And uh, NBA executives now uh, are referring to the term a Chinese takeout in a whole new meaning. Um, and uh, Pro Rodeo Cowboys, PRCA, Loveland, Colorado. Here we go, Rodeo fans. Uh, final round average for bareback riding. Cole Reiner riding on Tequila Time, Angel Face, and Frisky Chicken had a three-ride average of two sixty-one and a half. That could be a thirty-five dollars. That could be another Joe Biden um, stable um, horse there. Can you Frisky give us those chicken. names again? Frisky Chicken. Yeah. I got Tequila Time, Paul, Angel Face. And frisky chicken. That sounds like a three-day weekend when I when I was in my twenties. Well, here we go. We got bull riding. Let's let's stay in Colorado now. Nathan Hatchell riding on Mercenary, Ghostbuster, and Great Denim had a three-round uh, total of two fifty-one and a half for two thousand thirty-five dollars. And the team tied down roping John Stort and James Flake, uh, sixteen-second average, two thousand thirty-five dollars. Uh, UFC star Habib Nurmagomedov put a, a, a unbelievable legendary career to bed on uh, Saturday afternoon with his big win over Justin Gaethje in the UFC 254 bout. Um, while it wasn't surprising to see Nurmagomedov make his opponent submit, the type of submission may have caught some folks off guard. Uh, this marked the first time that Nurmagomedov has executed the triangle choke in the UFC during the DC and Hawani show on Monday Daniel Cormier, a longtime training partner and friend of Habib, revealed that Nurmagomedov wanted to put Gaethje to sleep, quote-unquote, because Gaethje had said that he would never tap prior to the fight. So what Nurmagomedov's concern was is that Gaethje's parents were there, and he knew he was going to dominate him, and he didn't want to, you know, really hurt the guy. Um, and with that following, and you know, this guy, Habib, is just a legendary fighter, 29-0. He retired because um, he said that he promised his mother he wouldn't fight anymore because he couldn't go with his dad, who passed away in October from COVID-19, and, uh, you know, really Really just a class act through and through. Uh, and, of course, you know, he did, uh, you know, acknowledge Gaethje and wished him well. So Gaethje, uh, Gaethje got dominated as bad as anyone I've ever seen get dominated for someone who said he's never grappled with anyone like me. He, he was gassed 
three minutes into the fight with the pressure he was getting, and Khabib did put him to sleep, and the ref did a terrible job because he tapped out about three times before he finally went to sleep, and I don't know what the ref was looking at, but he clearly wasn't looking at the guy tapping, and he did put him to sleep, and then uh, thankfully he was okay. But, I mean, oh, God, it was not even close. Yep. Uh, big deal. Let's get to the college football finals from Saturday. Number one, Clemson continues their domination as they romp Syracuse 47 to 21. Number two, Alabama rolled over Tennessee 48 to 17. Bamba QB, Mac Jones, 387 yards in the air. They continue to dominate as well. Number three, Notre Dame pummeled Pittsburgh 45 to three. Ohio State, number five, looking good, crushed Nebraska 52 to 17. And good old Miami U at number 11, they uh, got over, they just got over Virginia 19 to 14. Very very close game and UCF over Tulane 51 to 34 Tulane's having a tough season at two and four um, and that's college football finals and one last one big D the Zozo championship at Sherwood Country Club uh, Thousand Oaks California Patrick Cantlay won with a four-day 23 under um, he just edged out Justin Thomas and John Rahm by one stroke 23 so, uh, under yeah. what was this course did it have like windmills and hit it through the uh, <laughs> elephant's mouth plus 72 course 23 under 23 Jeez. under no yeah. that's going to be the frisky chicken tournament next week yeah. <laughs> and, and, and big day Tiger Woods we always keep a track on a good old Tiger he's a big name soon very quickly fading he shot just one under for four days finishing up tied for 70 seconds so good old Tiger's got to work on getting some kind of comeback all right relax tiger will be fine he's, right. he's getting ready for the masters so yep. he's gonna he's gonna show up big there so yeah he needs all a right. time he needs a time machine be 15 years younger no we well, didn't need a time machine last year <clears throat> did he did he no we didn't yep <laughs> well, no, we did we'll, we'll have right, some more rodeo in segment two steroids all right yep. very good uh what else what any news here paul nolan a couple minutes before we get top of the hour where we think amy coney barrett's going to get sworn in it's a quickie it's a cute little story uh the chinese uh, regime is planning to build more rocket sleds used to test missiles artillery aerospace equipment at a mil- military base at inner mongolia according to the uh, Chinese government documents recently obtained by the Epoch Times. Uh, the documents reveal the type of weapons that are being uh, tested at Base 051, as well as the Chinese regime's development plans for a base until uh, year 2025, which includes Rocket Sled Center, that it will uh, have the cap- capability to test hypersonic weapons. So, uh, well, well, they well, don't have a uh, super duper sub it like we do. Well, <laughs> well, I don't know. All I know is. Uh, Boycott China. They're getting really good at the bombing thing. Let's let's bust their economy. Well, as the president says, we have uh, we're the envy of the world. Two point five trillion dollars put into the um, into our military, and we've got the best of everything. And um, this is why Joe Biden's response on sixty Minutes to the questions about our who's our greatest debt and enemy, he he says Russia. Well. It just makes you wonder how compromised is this guy that he can't even say China clearly is always on the move here. What they're doing in the South China Sea, what they're doing on these islands, everything they're doing, what they're doing in Australia, the, the, what's going on in the region. I mean, he can't, even, he can't even clearly say China is. Clearly they are. Well, Russia, if you're talking about um, threat, and China, if you're talking about competition. Now, this is the same guy who a year ago or so said, come on, man, China's not a competition. <laughs> these, are good, these are not bad folks, folks. If you remember, that's a quote. Yeah, that, that's the exact quote. Very well done. Pretty good. Sound just like them. Yeah. They're not bad folks, folks. <laughs> 
Now, if I could drool on myself, I could get the whole thing really going. <laughs> All right, live from Studio 6B, Hour 2, coming up. We think of swearing in here. Not too long. My problem is I voted for NAFTA. I'm supporting NAFTA because I think it is a positive thing to do. And I do not pretend to be an expert on uh, international trade matters. When you ran for president and when Barack Obama ran for president, you both said you would renegotiate NAFTA. You didn't. Trade agreements like NAFTA and permanent normal trade relations with China, which forced American workers to compete against people who are making pennies an hour, has resulted in the loss of 160,000 jobs. The president is absolutely right when he says that China has been cheating for 25 years and that Bill Clinton didn't, didn't do enough about it, George W. Bush didn't do enough about it, Barack Obama didn't do enough about it. What, how exactly are you going to negotiate that? What magic wand do you have? The rising China is an incredibly positive development for not only China, but the United States and the rest of the world. Rising China is a positive, positive development. It is in our self-interest that China continue to prosper. We want to see China rise. China is a great nation, and we should hope for the continued expansion. China is not our enemy. We talk about China as our competitor. We should be helping. The idea that China is going to eat our lunch is bizarre. China is going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. They're not bad folks, folks. China's not a problem. Allowing China into the World Trade Organization, which he supported, extending most favored nation status to China, which he supported, that those steps allowed China to take advantage of the United States by using our own open trade deals against us. No, Do you think in retrospect that you were naive about China? No. Today we're finally ending the NAFTA nightmare and signing into law the brand new U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. Very special. Listen, it's hard to overstate the importance of the USMCA. Uh, this is the single biggest bipartisan legislative victory for this president and this administration. It is a huge deal. Wage growth is better than it has been since 2009. That means it is better than it has been for seven out of eight of the years that Obama was president. The new USMCA has powerful protections to keep auto manufacturing jobs. Since the election, we've created 41,000 brand new motor vehicle and parts jobs. But doesn't he deserve some credit for that? It's better. The USMCA is better than NAFTA. It is better than NAFTA. I never said I oppose fracking. You said it on tape. I did show the tape. Put it on your website. I'll put it on. Put it on the website. Would there be any place for fossil fuels, including coal and fracking, in a Biden administration? No, it would be, we, would, we would work it out. We would make sure it's eliminated. I guarantee we're going to end fossil fuel. No more, no new fracking. I'd gradually move away from fracking. And I think it's critically important on day one that we end any fossil fuel leases on public lands. 
Oh, well, like what about, say, stopping fracking and stopping yes. new pipeline infrastructure? Yes. And, new pipeline. And, and, exactly. and they, they want to do the same thing I want to do. They want to phase out fossil fuels, and we're going to phase out fossil fuels. There's no question I'm in favor of banning fracking. I have one final question. Would he close down the oil industry? It falls. Would you close down the oil industry? I would transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I will transition. That is a big statement. In terms of business, that's the biggest statement. Okay. Because basically what he's saying is he is going to destroy the oil industry. Will you remember that, Texas? Will you remember that, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President. Live from Studio 6B, hour two, four minutes past the hour on a Monday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240, Comcast in Chicago, Channel 113, and of course other great outlets all across the country, and of course on the America's Real America's Voice app, which by the way, I downloaded the new version, man, it's great. If you haven't downloaded the new Real America's Voice app, do it tonight, right now, because all the shows are cataloged there. The live uh, live stream is always right there. You can go back and watch all the shows in their entirety, section by section. Oh, it's great. What Water Cooler is on there. Steve Bannon's on there. We're on there. Carrie Sheffield in the morning. Well, everyone's on there, Damon. That's why it's the <laughs> app, you idiot. So you can just go, uh, you can go watch everything. And it's great. Real America's Voice. Go download it today. And make sure you're following Real America's Voice as well on Twitter. Uh, Facebook, live from Studio 6B, at LFS6B, Facebook, Twitter. So let's get to Kamala Harris on 60 Minutes, because this is, uh, I don't know. You tell me what this is. This is this is the person who 51% of Democrats and 58% or 9% of Republicans uh, think could very well take the presidency if Joe Biden was to get elected, because they don't think Joe Biden could make a four-year term. Um, she was on 60 Minutes, cut two. I thought this was... One of the scariest, but also Nora Donald's um, very good moments. Roll that, G. You're very different in the policies that you've supported in the past. You're considered the most liberal United States senator. I, I somebody said that, and it actually was Mike Pence on the debate stage. But yeah, well, actually, the nonpartisan GovTrack has rated you as the most liberal senator. All right, you G. supported uh, the Green New let's Deal. Hold this. You supported the stream, Medicare. Uh, the Ceremony has started, I believe. Let's dip in here, G, to the... Uh... Well, that face is probably the same that you get for the ceremony. Oh, good timing. Oh, here wow. we go. Look at that. Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States, accompanied by Justice Clarence Thomas and Justice Amy Coney Barrett.
see those hawks go up social media. I'm pretty pumped he, he decided to Thank have you very Justice much. Thomas. Appreciate it. Please. Thank you very much, and distinguished guests and my fellow citizens. This is a momentous day for America, for the United States Constitution, and for the fair and impartial rule of law. The Constitution is the ultimate defense of American liberty. The faithful application of the law is the cornerstone of our republic. That is why, as President, I have no more solemn obligation and no greater honor than to appoint Supreme Court justices. On this October evening, and it is so beautiful, the First Lady and I welcome you to the White House to bear witness to history. In a few moments, we will proudly swear in the newest member of the United States Supreme Court, Justice Amy Coney Barrett. She is one of our nation's most brilliant legal scholars, and she will make an outstanding justice on the highest court in our land. Justice Barrett's oath will be administered by the court's longest-serving member, currently on the bench, a man whose allegiance to the law has earned him the respect and gratitude of all Americans, Justice Clarence Thomas. Our country owes a great debt of thanks to Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. We appreciate it very much, Mitch. Thank you. And we are grateful as well to the Senate Judiciary Chairman, Lindsey Graham. Thank you, Lindsey. Also with us, Senators Marsha Blackburn, Mike Braun, Bill Cassidy, Kevin Kramer, Ted Cruz, Steve Daines, Ron Johnson, James Lankford, Mike Lee, and Martha McSally. And I hope I didn't leave anybody out. Kennedy. And a very special thanks to our great Vice President, Mike Pence. Thank you, Mike. Also, I want to thank White House Counsel Pat Cipollone. Thank you, Pat. And very importantly, I want to welcome Justice Barrett's husband, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. Let me also recognize your seven children, your great, beautiful children who have become really uh, just uh, very, very popular in this nation. <laughs> People have been watching them and loving them, and they're watching right now back home in Indiana. Thank you very much. But I speak to everyone when I say that the Barrett family has captured America's heart. It is highly fitting that Justice Barrett fills the seat of a true pioneer for women, it's Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 
Tonight, Justice Barrett becomes not only the fifth woman to serve on our nation's highest court, but the very first mother of school-aged children to become a Supreme Court justice. Very important. Over the past few weeks, the entire world has seen Justice Barrett's deep knowledge, tremendous poise, and towering intellect. She answered questions for hours on end throughout her entire confirmation. Her impeccable credentials were unquestioned, unchallenged, and obvious to all. Justice Barrett earned a full academic scholarship to Notre Dame Law School graduated first in her class and served as a clerk for Justice Antonin Scalia. She was a beloved professor at Notre Dame Law School for 15 years before I very proudly appointed her to the U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit in 2017. The American people have been profoundly impressed to learn of her achievements, her compassion, her generosity, her faith, and her sterling character. Justice Barrett made clear she will issue rulings based solely upon a faithful reading of the law and the Constitution as written, not legislate from the bench. The equal, impartial, and constitutional rule of law that we enjoy every day in America is one of the crowning achievements in the history of human civilization. It is the triumph of reason, experience, and the values which are eternal and everlasting. Our devotion to this inheritance is what has made America the most just, exceptional, and glorious nation ever to exist. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. 
I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I want every American child watching to understand that this is a very special and important ceremony. I now ask Justice Thomas to administer the oath. Thank you very much. obligation freely that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion or purpose of evasion and that I will well and faithfully discharge and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I'm about to enter the duties of the office on which I am about to enter so help me God so help me God Thank you so very much. Thank you all for being here tonight. And thank you, President Trump, for selecting me to serve as an Associate Justice of the United States Supreme Court. It's a privilege to be asked to serve my country in this office, and I stand here tonight truly honored and humbled. Thanks also to the Senate for giving its consent to my appointment. I am grateful for the confidence you have expressed in me, and I pledge to you and to the American people that I will discharge my duties to the very best of my ability. This was a rigorous confirmation process, and I thank all of you, especially Leader McConnell and Chairman Graham, for helping me to navigate it. My heartfelt thanks go to the members of the White House staff and Department of Justice who worked tirelessly to support me through this process.
Your stamina is remarkable, and I have been the beneficiary of it. Jesse and I are also so grateful to the many people have supported, who have supported our family over these last several weeks. Through ways both tangible and intangible, you have made this day possible. Jesse and I have been truly awestruck by your generosity. I have spent a good amount of time over the last month at the Senate, both in meetings with individual senators and in days of hearings before the Senate Judiciary Committee. The confirmation process has made ever clearer to me one of the fundamental differences between the federal judiciary and the United States Senate. And perhaps the most acute is the role of policy preferences. It is the job of a senator to pursue her policy preferences. In fact, it would be a dereliction of duty for her to put policy goals aside. By contrast, it is the job of a judge to resist her policy preferences. It would be a dereliction of duty for her to give in to them. Federal judges don't stand for election. Thus, they have no basis for claiming that their preferences reflect those of the people. This separation of duty from political preference is what makes the judiciary distinct among the three branches of government. A judge declares independence not only from Congress and the President, but also from the private beliefs that might otherwise move her. The judicial oath captures the essence of the judicial duty. The rule of law must always control. My fellow Americans, even though we judges don't face elections, we still work for you. It is your Constitution that establishes the rule of law and the judicial independence that is so central to it. The oath that I have solemnly taken tonight means at its core that I will do my job without any fear or favor and that I will do so independently of both the political branches and of my own preferences. I love the Constitution and the democratic republic that it establishes, and I will devote myself to preserving it. Thank you. Looks like uh, that's a wrap. We officially have the newest Supreme Court Justice, Amy Coney Barrett, sworn in by Justice Clarence Thomas. I thought the president's speech was superb. Presidential. And, uh, it's getting the hang of this thing, Rick. Yeah, well, you know. Fantastic. <laughs> I thought 47 months. I know he's going to get grief for uh, super spreader events by Jake Tapper. But I thought this was a great setting. Yeah, all these uh, mask cultists. Unbelievable. Two weeks, wear your mask, stay home. All right, I'm in. 
15 two, days. Two, two to, more uh, weeks. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'll, uh, it's, I think we're on day 283 now. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's utter insanity yeah. that people are still complying to give up all their rights. And uh, speaking of that, by the way, um, where is this thing today? The CDC came out again today, by the way. Remember the last time they quietly changed their numbers on their site? Remember that what it went to? went to 12%. 12% of all COVID deaths were actually from COVID. Well, not anymore. <laughs> CDC did a little website update again this morning. Now we're down to 6%. The CDC today says that only 6% of all deaths were from COVID alone. 94% involved one or more underlying conditions. They also said that at least 130,000 deaths labeled as COVID were not COVID. Ooh, that's going to leave a mark. So lots of, um, lots of little updating from the CDC. But we should follow the science, shouldn't we, D? We should. And the yeah. science, of course, as most of us know, is the... Um, the nation's um, finest first pitch thrower. That would be Dr. Fauci. (laughs) Well, Dr. Fauci was on, shockingly, on TV, uh, cut 11G, and he was talking about, actually cut nine, the the other one's the one from the White House. This is the one. He was on with Aaron Burnett. And, you know, the the, the influenza numbers, are out. And I know you're all going to find this amazingly hard to believe. No one got the flu this year. <laughs> <laughs> but the flu is like almost non-existent. Yeah. We don't, I don't have time to play it. All right, that's fine. We'll wait till we get back to play it. Yeah, the, the numbers are out the first three weeks of the, of the flu. I think I had a chart on this last week, but we never got to it. The flu is out. First three week numbers are out. And uh, well, no one's got the flu. Well, that's because Trump cured it. You're welcome, world. <laughs> if, if this was Obama, they'd be like, Obama has single-handedly saved the world yeah. from the flu. Another Nobel Prize for <laughs> <Yes>. him. <laughs> uh, let me see that chart. Yeah. Yeah, so here's the weekly influenza uh, report. 2021 at the bottom. Positives, five. Tests, 17,000. <laughs> 0.03%. Clinical labs, 121 positives out of 35,000 tests, uh, 0.34. And for a total positives of 126 cases of influenza out of 52,000 for 0.24 percentage. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. amazing stuff. Holy cow. You want to talk about not funny? This is brutal. When they turn on the news, they want just the news. Spare me the talking points. I think people are sick of the freak parade on cable TV, night in and night out. People are consuming news these days everywhere, on every device. And we're going to be there. We're going to be fair. We're going to be fearless. We feel like we have a responsibility to you, the American people. News and opinions that are honest and real. Real America's Voice. 
All right, live from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour, Real America's Voice. Glad you're in here on a busy Monday night. Amy Coney Barrett is officially Justice <clears throat> Barrett on the Supreme Court, sworn in by Clarence Thomas. Spectacular. Uh, great job by all involved, the president for nominating her, Mitch McConnell for getting it done. For everything I could say about Mitch McConnell on spending, he's been a disaster. And in, in any normal year, <laughs> if he lost, I wouldn't lose any sleep over it, him or Lindsey Graham. Yep. But uh, not this year. Can't afford Everybody it. who's running needs to win, including Lindsey Graham, because you Ugh. can't afford it. And the country's at stake. But good for but – but Mitch McConnell has been fantastic on um, getting these judges through. Yeah, well, that's, that's kind of his specialty, right? Like he's, well, he, he just hasn't – I don't know if it's a specialty. He just hasn't taken any nonsense. Right. He hasn't caved. And he said, yeah. um, you know, why don't you – hey, Chuck, why don't you go call the guy in Nevada there? Oh, Harry Reid. Com- complain to him. He's the one who ditched precedent. He's the one who ditched the rules. So don't come crying to us and stop with the this is somehow um, not the norm. Right. Yeah, it's if anything, so lame. He's, he's following, uh, you know, set of procedures. And I, I, I'm not sure, but I think we – didn't we play that clip yeah. or at least reference it last week about him saying, you know what, you're going to come to regret this when Harry Reid made those changes. Mitch McConnell did say that. Yeah. But besides that, again, I, you know, I, I'll talk slowly for all the Democrats. Listen, you have a Republican president. You have a Republican majority Senate. This is not the same as Merrick Garland. I'm sorry your feelings are hurt over Merrick Garland. But if that was the situation and we had a Republican president and, a, and Chuck Schumer was the leader in the Senate, you would not, if you think he would have taken up, I don't care if it was two months, eight months, or eight years, if you think he would have taken up this nomination, stop. Because no one's believing that. And if the roles were reversed here in the same timeline, no one believes that they wouldn't do the same thing. Not for if a it was, second. If they had Joe Biden and, and Chuck Schumer was in the Senate, don't tell me they wouldn't do the same thing heading to a race. Please, stop it. We're not, dr- come on. No one's drinking that. True serum. We know they would do it and ram it through. And by the way, there's nothing abnormal about the timing of this either. Chuck, oh, I'm going to run this through in uh, under two months, whatever. <laughs> I went back and looked at, on the, and you can go to senate.gov yourself, and you can go back as far as President George Washington, and you can go through the Supreme Court nominations of every single president. And I just sit here and look at Abraham Lincoln, Noah Swain, Nominated January 21st, confirmed January 24th, three days. Wow. Samuel Miller, nominated July 16th, confirmed July 16th, same day. (laughs) David Davis, (laughs) nominated December 1st, confirmed December 8th, seven days. Stephen Field, nominated March 6th, confirmed March 10th, four days. Uh, Salmon Chase, December 6th. Confirmed December 6th, same day. And Damon, that's too long ago. Okay, let's go to um, Harry Truman. Harold Burton, nominated September 18th, confirmed September 19th, one day. Fred Vizen, nominated June 6th, confirmed June 20th, 14 days. 
Uh, Tom Clark, nominated August 2nd, confirmed August 18th, 16 days. And Sherman Minton, September 15th, October 4th, about 19 days. Let's go to uh, John Kennedy. Byron White, nominated April 3rd, confirmed April 11th, eight days. Arthur Goldberg, nominated August 31st, confirmed September 25th, under a month. Let's go to Lyndon Johnson. Abe Fortas, nominated July 28th, confirmed August 11th. Thurgood Marshall, nominated June 13th, 1967, confirmed August 30th. So there, that took some time. 69 to 3 was the vote. Confirmed. Richard Nixon. I mean, you can just go through. Go to Reagan. Sandra Day O'Connor. 99 to nothing was the vote. Wow. August 19th confirmed September 21st, a little over 30 days. The point being, don't listen to this. This is so out of the norm. No, it's not. There's nothing out of the norm here. There's, there's, no, there's no big news here. It just created news, faux news, right. fake, phony, shiny object news. It's the historical screamings of a petulant child who's not getting their way, basically. And they want you to think, well, you know, it's supposed to take time to do these things. Well, no, it's only taken time recently because you guys have made it that way. You guys want it to take time. You basically you abdicate all your responsibilities of actually doing something in Congress. That's why they call it the do-nothing Congress, because Congress does nothing. And it's just another example. And now being pushed along to actually do the job, uh, look, they, act, they can get stuff done actually kind of quickly if, they, uh, if they're forced to, which is nice to see. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Usually I'm, I'm whatever with Mitch McConnell. I mean, you know, some, he, he, he reminds me of, the, of uh, Pet Cemetery. sometimes. That is better. Um, but on this, he stuck right with it. Oh, my God. You look at the votes. Holy cow. He looks exactly like that. That is better. If you look at the votes, too, um, Sandra Day O'Connor, 99 nothing. William Rank is 65-33. Antonin Scalia, 98 nothing. Robert Bork, of course, was not confirmed. You could talk to Joe Biden about that. Nasty. Character assassination. That's mm-hmm. what it was. Anthony Kennedy, 97 nothing. David Souter under George H.W. Bush, 90 to 9. Clarence Thomas, once again, talked to Joe Biden. Nasty. Character assassination, 52-48. That was July 8th, nominated, confirmed October 15th because of all the drama surrounding it. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 96 to 3. June 22nd, confirmed August 3rd. Uh, Stephen Breyer, 87 to 9. Uh, John Roberts, 78 22. Sam Alito, 58 42. And it starts to get uh, under Obama. We start to get 68 31 for Sotomayor, Kagan, 63 37. But even still, 52-48 tonight. Democrats didn't even show up to listen to once Schumer got done, they they just took their ball and went home. So it's just oh the president's got to uh, you know the election there guys. He's got to really he's got to be willing to accept the outcome because this is the way our system <laughs> works. He's got to leave. If he loses, he can't he'll get send the military in there, you know, because he's got to accept the outcome. Well, how'd they accept this outcome? 
wow well, now you know no, we gotta we gotta change everything and this is this is so abnormal and no it's not so don't listen to that nonsense all right back to kamala harris cut two this is scary she was on 60 minutes and here's how it went roll that you're very different in the policies that you've supported in the past you're considered the most liberal united states senator I, I somebody said that and it actually was mike pence on the debate stage now stop but, it now, yeah. that response there alone with the cackle someone said that what was she does she not know her own voting record what do you mean somebody said that no you are and Nora O'Donnell, good for her. She follows up here and says, well, actually, it's the nonpartisan that they looked at your voting record. <laughs> yeah, somebody said that, Mike. <laughs> my, 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 Mike Pence said it on the debate stage. What kind of a response is that? Go ahead. Well, actually, the nonpartisan GovTrack has rated you as the most liberal uh-oh. senator. Uh-oh. Look at the look. You supported the, the Green of, New Deal. You supported it's not a serious Medicare person. for All. You've supported legalizing marijuana. Joe Biden doesn't support those things. So are you going to bring the policies, those progressive policies that you supported as senator, into a Biden administration? What I will do, and I promise you this, and this is what Joe wants me to do, this was part of our deal. I will always share with him my lived experience as it relates to any issue that we confront. And I promised Joe that I will give him that perspective and always be honest with him. Now listen. And is that a socialist or progressive perspective? No. <laughs> no, it is the perspective of, of a woman who grew up a, a, a black child in America well, who mm-hmm. was also oh. a prosecutor who also mm-hmm. has a mother who arrived here at the age of 19 from India mm-hmm. who also you know crazy. likes hip hop it's <laughs> like, crazy what do you want to know well, I want to give, you, I wanna give hey, you the well, opportunity here, here's what we want to know here's what we want to know we want to know a lot of things because you're the you're the vice presidential candidate for a guy who doesn't who can't find the bathroom on most good days not just any guy the guy she called a racist and a rapist in the debates and then took a job from him that too mm. But that's what we want to know. We want to know, are you, are you, looking, are you going to uh, destroy the energy independence of the country? Are you going to uh, install AFFH with Cory Booker? There's a lot of things we want to know. What do you mean, what do we, what do we want to know? What kind of an answer is that to a, a very good question and a better follow-up by Nora O'Donnell, by the way? Jeez. What kind of a response is that? This is not a serious person. Oh, it's the response of somebody who's, who can't answer that question because if she does answer it honestly, everything implodes. So she's got to laugh and giggle and deflect and ha, 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 what about everything, you know, a lived experience. What the hell does that even mean? Like it's a debate. Remember that? It was a debate. It's a debate. Remember that one? All right, go ahead, G. Finish that. Or is it done? need to address this because... At the Republican National Convention, yeah. President Trump made the case that Joe Biden is going to be nothing more than a Trojan horse for socialist policies, for the left wing of the Democratic Party. Are you going to push those policies when you're vice president? I am States? not going to be confined to Donald Trump's definition of who I Again, or no anybody answer. else is. <laughs> um, and I think America has learned that that would be a mistake. So just just to button that up, because you have fought for Medicare for all. That's not something that Joe Biden supports. If you become vice president, would you say to a President Biden, you know what, let's we should really be pushing for Medicare for all, not a public option. That's just not going to do it. That's not my value. 
I would not have joined the ticket if I didn't support what Joe was proposing. And so our plan includes expanding on everything that Joe together with President Obama created with the Affordable Care Act. By contrast, you have Donald Trump, who's in court right now, Trump. trying to get rid of a policy that brought health care to over 20 million people, including protecting people with pre-existing conditions, and he's doing it in the middle of a pandemic that has killed over 215,000 Americans. Well, there you go. So if, you, if that's an acceptable answer to you, I, I'm, I'm not sure what to tell you. It's not an acceptable answer to me because it's not an answer, number one. I don't care. I don't give a damn what kind of music you listen to. Answer the questions. See, this is what happens. And good for Dora O'Donnell, by the way. Credit where credit is due. That's great. Two great questions and two great follow-ups. Not to accept a non-answer, which is what she got. And unfortunately, the voters got still no answer. All right, live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. A little more to do. Wrap it up for a Monday. We're just normal people talking about the issues. The way the American people talk about them around their dinner table. I think that's why people like the show. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We give them news, opinion, sports, comedy, entertainment, music. But most of all, we try to give them love of country, faith, and family every night. We think political news is a big tent. Come on in, live from Studio 6B, 8 to 10 weeknights. You might like it. from studio 6b 47 past the hour glad you're in on a monday night real america's voice amy coney barron is officially justice barrett congratulations to the president for nominating congratulations to the senate the judiciary for getting her through lindsey graham did a great job god forbid he hugs diane feinstein now she's uh they want her out and uh good job for mitch mcconnell for uh and for the senators who uh, did the right thing including in the end Lisa Murkowski and, and Susan Collins can't lose by enough, as far as I'm concerned, because she's just a phony, a gold-plated, empty-suit phony. That's what she is, and people in Maine need to elect, I don't care who they elect, they can elect a garbage can, as far as I'm concerned, anybody else. All right, let's do sports with Rick Emirati. What's going on, pal? Okay, Big D, round two of the weekend's PRCA rodeo results. Uh, we're going to go to the roping fiesta that took place in San Angelo, Texas. Uh, final round, tie-down roping. Four-round average winner was Havin Maged. He averaged uh, 10.3 seconds. And steer roping was Garrett Hale taking the winning with a 41.2-second uh, uh, four average of 10.3 seconds. So, And then also, first Frontier Circuit Finals rodeo, Harrington, Delaware, all three-round average winners, bareback riding, Timothy Kent riding on Rockstar, Togenberg, and Hot Stuff, averaged 247 <laughs> score, 82.3 average, took $2,206. Um, and Saddle Bronc riding, William Stites riding on Blue Jeans, Thomas and Max Center, and Turnaround, he had uh, 72.3, and Steer Wrestling went to John Lena Weaver, 26.9 second, three average, 8.9 seconds per um, uh, event. 
And Monday Night Football, real quick. Uh, LA Rams right now lead the Chicago Bears 10 to 3 in SoFi Stadium, Inglewood, California. Jared Goff 14 to 22 for 140 yards and one touchdown. Third quarter just getting underway. Uh, quick NFL Sunday finals. Pittsburgh over Tennessee 27 24. Steelers are now 6 and 0. Quarterback Big Ben there with 268 yards and two TDs. Cleveland over Cincinnati 37 34. New Orleans over Carolina 27 24 on a fourth quarter. Will Lutz field goal. Washington robs Dallas. 25-3. to Cowboys' calamity of miscues continue as Antonio Gibson ran for 128 yards for the Redskins. Uh, well, actually, the Washington football team. Excuse me. Check that. Uh, and Tampa romp Las Vegas 45-20. to Brady with 369 yards and four touchdowns. Tampa's now 5-2. and And, uh, well, New England... They're missing Brady a little bit, old Belichick. Uh, they got romped by San Francisco at home in Foxborough, 33-6. to Cam Newton had three picks and just 98 yards. He actually mutually, he benched himself along with Belichick. So we don't see what happens down there, but they're missing Tom Brady. And Arizona in a thriller last night. Nip Seattle, 37-34. Um, a, uh, Zane Gonzalez, 48-yard field goal to win it as time expired. So uh, I'll tell you, that was a great night with uh, Wilson and Murray going back and forth. Phenomenal. NFL games. So I know a lot of us don't like football, but uh, still some good games out there. And uh, NASCAR, uh, due to inclement weather, there was a lot of rain over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, they're pushing the races till tomorrow night. So we'll have some live updates on that. And last but not least, Big D, World Series Game 6 tomorrow night. The LA Dodgers lead the Tampa Rays three games to two. Dodgers won last night 4-2 to two on, on a strong performance by starter Clayton Kershaw. He had six KOs in 5.2 innings. And uh, uh, with Game 6 being tomorrow night, if the Dodgers win it, it'll be their first World Series title since 1988. So good luck to the Dodgers, and hey, Tampa's still got a shot. And that's a wrap in sports, Big D. All right, very good. Um, so if you want to see what's going on on the other side of the world, do we have this uh, clip, G? So this is what's going on in MSNBC right now. Chris Hayes um, is on. And um, just t- take a listen to this beauty. Roll that. For a long time to come. You know what? He's right. Although there's one thing that was missing in his speech. It's something that's been missing from a lot of conservatives I see writing about the election. Something else that Mitch McConnell and the institutional Republican Party and all the staffers and the lawyers and the factotums and the functionaries and the people sitting in the White House watching this right now, perhaps the people in Capitol Hill who have TV on right now and the right-wing press who've been supporting and spinning for this president and the people who work for Donald Trump himself and all of his apologists who like to post as independent thinkers, too clever by half, removed from it all, something that every last one of them have done together other than Supreme Court justices, which cannot be reversed. And that is they have participated in a project that has led to the deaths of probably 100,000 Americans who didn't have to die. Congratulations. You got that done, too. That also can't be reversed. They can't come back. We can't undo that. That's the other accomplishment here. Judge Barrett. They traded one for the other. They traded those lies for this justice. And they had a party about it in the Rose Garden, too, now. We can't do anything about the lies we've lost or about Amy Coney Barrett being on Supreme Court. She's going to be now. So all we can do is take that rage and channel it, rise up together as a country to kick them out of power and begin some work towards repairing what they've broken and mourning those we've lost. He's some virtue signal. He's good at that. Coming up next is Keith Oberman here. Uh, I was going to say, he he looked like he was channeling his inner Keith Oberman right at the end there. 
I'm telling you, the only thing missing is somebody forgot to give that guy a tremendous wedgie. I mean, he's no, just, no, no. He's just he, a complete that nerd runner. had so many wedgies. Please, oh. <laughs> he gave them to himself. That weirdo. I mean, oh. it's really, it's unbelievable that people watch that and go, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> yeah. Rise up, yeah. He exactly. speaks to me. Hundred thousand people died tonight. Yeah. What? It's like it's just unbelie. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. When when Amy Coney Barrett will not have as most of most of these justices when they get on the Supreme Court, they will not have any huge ramifications on any of this. Roe versus Wade. It, worst, it would just go back to the states. California will be happy to give you an abortion. New York will happy to give you abortion. Michigan happy. Oh, there'll be plenty of places. Pre-existing conditions, they'll pass a law that, that requires these places to cover pre-existing conditions. Yep. Uh, it, I mean, it's just it's the, the, the drama of all this and just hoping to speak to uninformed people who don't know, who listen to him and go, it's just unbelievable on all of this. Hey, well, don't you think severability on Obamacare is probably going to stand? What's that? Well, <laughs> If you don't know, what, how, how can you be? I don't know. I don't know. A couple other things I want to get to here. Uh, Crazy Town, the five, number five, G. This is, this is too good to, uh, this is, yeah, this is too good to pass up. Roll that. You know, listen, there is no place in the United States of America where two, three, four hour waits to vote is acceptable. And just because it's happening in a blue state doesn't mean that it's not voter suppression. You know, if we are waiting three hours, four hours, five hours, if this was happening in a swing state, there would be national coverage. So I don't want us to think that just because this is a blue state that this isn't a problem. This is very clearly a problem. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. But uh, that being said, at the same time, I am thrilled to see how many people who are overcoming this injustice, waiting in the lines anyway, bringing community supplies, snacks, lawn chairs. You know, we are going to overcome this hurdle so that we can elect the folks that will make sure that this will not be a problem in the future. <laughs> well, thank God. Okay, people I just want three hours without snacks or I just sitting. I want to get it straight. Those dragged plows across fields. I just want to get it straight so everybody hears this. In New York right now, you have voter suppression because people are waiting three or four hours to vote. Yes. (laughs) Voter suppression because it took them three hours to actually vote. Got it. I just, okay, got it. Does anyone, anyone want to tell her that? She's on uh, both sides of that. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you to live from Studio 6P audience. We'll see you tomorrow night. Back to you in 22, baby.